Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Extra Extra. It's all about whiskey. I'm your host, Jason the White Walker, and I'm joined today, and as always, good friend, business partner, Joshua the Whiskey Cherub. <laughs> it's been a, it's been wonderful for me, Joshua, that people are adopting these nicknames. This is this is fun. You know, it's fun for me at least. I don't know if it's fun for you. It's it's so interesting. People people are predictable, right? <laughs> you have you you can have and and this is not a political I'm I'm not saying this to be political but regardless of the politician or uh, how about this a public speaker the more that public speaker says something regardless mm. of if it, of if it's true or not it then becomes a thing right and people oh, will cling to it you've you've just articulated the history of advertising Perfect. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's why this isn't a political comment. And so, but my point is, you've now uttered whiskey cherub enough where that has become yep. my moniker. Yep. But then again, I did the same to you with White Walkers. So I guess it's, yes, you did. I guess it's even Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> so each week on Extra Extra, you and I break down a whiskey news story. We read through it in the first half of the episode, and then we espouse upon it. Do we espouse upon it? Do we espouse over it? We we have some realm of espousal happening. Yeah. That was espousal, by the way. Just I saw espousal. you in your eye there. <laughs> espousal. Uh, this week is is my turn with the news story. I've tried to bring us a little bit of what I consider good news in the whiskey world, and. And so you ready? You, you've you've got Ichabod on your lap. Yep. I have a cat. Are we, are we? I'm ready. My cat Ichabod is ready. We're looking forward to to seeing what you've brought to the table. An article from the Spirits Business. Mm-hmm. The the headline on this article by Nicola Carruthers is "Work Starts on Twelve Million Pound Scotch Whiskey Distillery," and this is actually a news story that broke. This morning. And so this is from the morning of November 9th. Plans for the Scotch whiskey distillery were first unveiled by childhood friends Ian Sterling and Patrick Fletcher in March 2017. Hmm. It is thought to be the first in the Scottish district of Leith for more than a century. At Leith, just outside of Edinburgh, yeah, uh, they they pretty much touch one another. You can yep. walk from We've, Edinburgh city centre to Leith. I've been to Leith. Very easy. We've done that, yeah. right? The site was originally due to begin construction in January two thousand and nineteen, with the distillery expected to be up and running by autumn twenty twenty. So that's right now. They expected it to open its ah. doors right now. So that, that's kind of what drew my eye. Partly it was the, the story is from this morning, but also <laughs> as, as a couple of, of chaps in the industry who experienced delays, mm. the fact that they thought way back in March of 2017 that they would be opening their doors right now and instead they've broken ground. I, ju- I, just, I just want to be very clear on this though. Does the article say the Scotch whiskey distillery to be opened up or a Scotch whiskey distillery. I, I guess I'm trying to understand what the name of this distillery will be. We will get there. Okay. We will get right. there. Very good. Yep. 
Don't want to skip ahead. It, it is, yeah, it, it is interesting because the sub headline um, is actually kind of the introductory paragraph in its in its own way. So, um, so yeah, but it's it's in the article. Okay. Be patient, right. young Padawan. Young Padawan. Thank you. There you go. The distillery was then scheduled to commence construction at the start of this year. However, the COVID-19 pandemic delayed its plans. Heard of it. yep. uh, here's a quote from Sterling. We have always been passionate about whiskey and it's been a long-held dream for us to create an amazing modern Scotch whiskey distillery in our home city. It began 10 years ago as a mad idea over a dram when we were working together in London and it grew from there. Okay. Now, you ready for this, Joshua? Here come these details for which you are craving. The Port of Leith Distillery. That's its name. The Port of Leith ah, Distillery. Okay, okay. Will be built in Edinburgh's Port District beside Ocean Terminal Shopping Centre and the Royal Yacht Britannia. The site will feature a whiskey bar on the top floor with views of Edinburgh Castle. Mm. It will also house two copper stills with the capacity to produce up to one million bottles of single malt whiskey annually. Wow. Okay, that's that's a decent production size to start with. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, once again, a quote from Sterling. Our ambition is to create an outstanding new style of scotch using a modern approach. Based on years of research we have already undertaken and building on the remarkable heritage of the historic whiskey district of Leith. So that ends that quote. Okay. The twelve million pound project, which um, is being considered as sixteen million dollars, has been funded by a combination of global private investors and whiskey fans, including two unnamed drinks industry CEOs. Gets the mind racing, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. The construction of the site created 30 jobs, including six staff in the distillery team, and will generate around 50 long-term jobs once complete. The Port of Leith Distillery's inaugural spirit, Lind and Lime Gin, was released in November 2018 mm. and is now available in 14 markets, that's one four, markets across the world. The producer's range, which also includes a sherry and a port, is currently made at Tower Street Stillhouse, close to the future distillery site in Leith. Uh. And now we, have a, now we have a quote from Fletcher that actually closes out the article. Okay. Fletcher said, lockdown had an impact on our build programme and of course has made us look hard at our tourism projections. But in contrast, Lind and Lime online sales has flourished. It has been really important for us to learn how to make and market our own spirit and build relationships with suppliers. Our sherry 
comes from Bodegas Baron, hmm. a 480-year-old family business in the heart of Jerez. And we will use their barrels to mature our own whiskey when the time comes. Interesting. Okay. Here endeth the article. I will say this, though. I will say this. And there were another couple of sources that had this article this morning. And they both described the distillery as Scotland's first vertical whiskey distillery. Perfect. I was just going to ask you because I I saw that that's what I saw, right? That was the headline, Scotland's first vertical distillery. And so as you're reading this article, I'm thinking, okay, when is he going to mention the fact that this is going to be a vertical distillery and the spirits business did not report it as such? Huh. Right. So because we've got time, I would like to include the BBC. We have not had an article from the BBC. We have not. The BBC headline is Work Starts on Scotland's First Vertical Distillery in Leith. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Work has begun on Scotland's first vertical distillery. Foundations have just been laid for the Port of Leith Distillery in Edinburgh, which will be able to produce up to one million bottles of single malt a year. One of the things I thoroughly enjoyed this morning in reading from article to article to article Mm -hmm. was discerning what the press release said. (laughs) Because the press release has clearly said vertical distillery. It's clearly given the name Port of Leith Distillery. It's clearly talked about one million bottles of single malt a year. Mm -hmm. It's (laughs) 12 million pounds is the cost. It's creating this number of jobs. It's been fun piecing that together. So so there's that one million bottles again. Uh, When it is complete, it will stand... 131 feet, which is 40 meters, above the quayside. Close, you'll, you, you might have heard this, Joshua, close to the Royal Yacht Britannia with views to... Oh, what did you say? Oh, Edinburgh Castle. Good job. Good job. <laughs> From its top floor... Uh, what's on the top floor? What's on the top floor? Oh, there is a, uh, a gambling hall where you can bet on horses, right? That's what you whiskey said before. Bar. Like, whiskey, oh, bar. whiskey bar. Whiskey yeah, bar. Whiskey bar. <laughs> the £12 million distillery is due to open in 2020, uh, 2022, I'm sorry, creating 50 jobs. The project is the brainchild of friends, Patrick Fletcher, Ian Sterling. Mr. Sterling said the site is not big, around a third of an acre, hmm. but the location is phenomenal. Architects at 360 Architecture in Glasgow designed the distillery so it could be built upwards to fit into the small space. Uh, The distillery is supporting more than 30 jobs during construction. Traditionally, distilleries have been built on sites where there is room to put all of the processes on one level. Mm -hmm. Immediately, Springbank comes to mind as somebody who runs their draft up the way against gravity. Crazy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, whoa. they collect it on the roof. Whoa, whoa, wait a second. So, you know what? I'll ask this question afterwards. Yep. Yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All the liquid in the fermentation vats or mash tuns is heavy, and it is simpler and cheaper to keep the operation at ground level. 
Um, at the port of Leith, however, the small site meant the only way to build was up. There's a good song about that, The Only Way Is Up. I think that's by Yaz, I think, if I'm remembering that correctly from the 90s. Wow, you've got a memory on you. Yeah. All right. Yeah, with each element of the process stacked on top of each other. Mr. Sterling added, this freed us up to create a gravity-led whiskey-making process. Makes me think of Glenglassa. We can touch on that in the second half. Um, this freed us up to create a gravity-led whiskey-making process where the large fermentation vats have been located above the copper stills, mm-hmm. allowing the liquid to then flow naturally down to the stills below. We have added a double-height whiskey bar on the top floor and this will give a tremendous experience where whiskey fans can wander down from floor to floor and see clearly every step of the production process. We never set out to create a vertical distillery, but we did always want to build a modern landmark home for a new style of scotch and we hope this is what we will achieve. End of article. Wow. That's what I like about that is yeah. it's a very different article to the one that was in the spirits business. It's a very different article. Yeah. Right? Even the quotes pulled from Sterling, you know, are, are very different. That's that's lovely. So, okay, let's pivot. You mentioned politics earlier. Let's pivot. <laughs> When you were reading the BBC article, when they first started discussing it as a vertical distillery, well, first off, you had said, oh, that reminds me of Glen Glassow. We can, you know, maybe make some connections there. It reminded me of MacMira as well, because I think they have a vertical distillery as well. But the way the language was parsed, it almost sounded as if Yes, it was a, at least initially, it almost sounded as if, yes, it was a vertical distillery, but things were going up rather than down, just as you had mentioned, Springbank pushing the draft up. Mm. Um, Yes. But... But I think, I, think I, I think I just mis- misled your mind on that one by mentioning You most Spring definitely Bank. did, because at, at the end, at the end, it talked about it being then gravity-fed. And, and to do things Correct. in rever- like if you were to create a vertical distillery, it would seem uh, bass-ackwards, as the kids like to say. To to do everything going yeah. up, that's that's a whole lot of piping. That's a whole lot of energy. So it's nice to hear that this is going to be a gravity fed uh, production. Yeah, yeah. My my mind in in reading that traditionally distilleries have been built on sites where there is room to put all of the processes on one level. Mm. That that's the sentence that sparked my brain to think of Springbank, where yes, you know, it's mostly. On, on the level for them, there are some different sets of stairs you go yeah. up and down and, and move around. Um, but, but it really is the draft that, that goes against gravity and is collected uh, above where the mash ton yeah, is, it, which, which is a big ask, but it's, a, it's clearly a space-related thing. Once they do get the draft up into storage, though, they're then just 
gravity fed down into the truck or the trailer mm -hmm. that comes to pick it up with the farmer. That I think, I do think, and it's obviously sitting on a much larger footprint, but Glen Glassa, uh, anytime you, know, you and I would visit Glen Glassa, we'd say, you know, the, the water comes from over there and you look at the hill, things are coming down the hill. You can see where the water first meets the distillery, but then they would say, you know, this is where we would steep and from here, this is where we would put the, yeah. the malt yeah. and here's where the drying floor would be. And then that would go over to here and barrels would roll down this hill here. Mm. Um, and so they very much go from, you know, Glen Glassa, which touches the road and works its way slowly downhill towards the beach, really, which is over the back of Glen Glass. Yes, yeah. But but the processes were always working their way down. And then, yeah, it's, it's, it's one aspect that I like about walking around a distillery is how does it flow and how was the footprint mm -hmm. conceived? Mm -hmm. and, and a, a great, wonderful counterexample to that is when you visit Old Pulteney. Mm -hmm. And an Old Pulteney, my goodness, I... I Things are squeezed into corners and things are cut off. Like, do a Google search, dear listener, uh, for the old Pulteney still. <laughs> and, and you'll see the line arm comes out in a most awkward position because the roof was already on the building and the, the mash tun to get around it in a different room, you actually have to squeeze against the wall to get around the very edge of the mash tun. Um, the still, the still is in a, an incredibly tight little room. It almost, I've said this in tastings, when you visit Old Pulteney and you walk around it, it almost feels like somebody decided to build a distillery in their house. And as they looked around their house, they were like, well, we could put the mash tun in the dining room. We could put the still into the downstairs bedroom. Uh, right? We could put the washbacks. Uh, well, let's knock through a wall and yeah. then we'll put the washbacks into the two upstairs bedrooms. Um, it's, it's absolutely mental as you walk around it. Was it, was it old Pulteney that when they were looking to replace their stills found out that this the 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 outer structure of the distillery was actually actually needed the still for the distillery itself to remain in place you're so close okay. you're so okay. close it was it was a washback oh it was a they okay. they went to replace one washback and and as they started dismantling it, they realized the washback was holding up that corner of, of the distillery. Um, and so then they, they brought in scaffolding, internal yeah. scaffolding, yeah. that then held back the walls mm. as they pulled out all of their washbacks. And they redid the entire structure yeah. that, that was the, that was. Uh, surrounding their, their washbacks. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've got a photo. I was there on site uh, on the day they had everything pulled out. Mm. And uh, I've got that. I had to take a photo for posterity. The downside is I haven't been back since they rebuilt it. Um, uh, so I could do the side-by-side -side photo. Yeah. But, yep. so, but, um, but yeah, that was, that was remarkable seeing that. So I need to take a, a bit of umbrage with both reports. Oh, gosh. Umbridge is All right. is is a harsh word. So maybe like a mat like maybe umbridge with a very small U. 
Okay. Could you say you have to take pause or you take pause with these two reports? Oh, that's so much, so much better. Uh, what I like about that is, A, it's more accurate, and B, it's a shorter word, right? So I like that's that. That's what I'm here for. Right, so both versions of the article talks about uh, these folks looking to build a modern distillery to create a new style of Scotch whiskey. I love it. We're on the same page. Please continue, Mr. Hatton. <laughs> the, the idea of gravity-fed production is not a new one, right? William no. Delmy Evans had done that with both Macduff and with Glenallachie, where, yes, they're not vertical distilleries, but they were able to produce whiskey in such a way where you didn't need pumps. All you had to do was rely on, on gravity. Right. So not vertical, but still, you know, rewind the clock to 1967 uh, for Glen I forget the year for McDuff. It was a little before that, I want to say, uh, in the earlier 60s. So so what is making this modern? I do like the idea that it that it is, you know, 130 some odd feet high. So therefore, it's 13 floors high or so. But to me there was a bit that, that they didn't explain. And they said, a new style of Scotch whiskey. What does that mean? 100%. That was never explained. Yeah. And this is why I made allusions to the, the press release, mm-hmm. right? When you're breaking ground, you, you don't really know what you have until you start running your stills. True, that is very right? true. Yeah. You see what your water's doing, you see what your fermentation's doing. You, you can run experiments, there's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But until you're on site and you're running it, and the press release tends to take the role of a, a little rah-rah piece, right? It's a bit of a cheerleading piece. And there are things that can be said in in press releases that might never happen, might never see the light of day. Mm-hmm. This is a big claim. And this is the type of claim that gets stored away in people's heads. Mm-hmm. Remember when you said you were going to introduce a new style of scotch? What what did you mean by that? And, and what does that look like now that your stills are running? Um, I, I Yes, I had the exact same question as you. Uh, and it was in the spirits business piece, which was along those lines of, we have been researching, right? We have been uh, doing our due diligence on all of this. I'm just reopening the Spirits Business article here mm-hmm. because I wanted to re-examine what Sterling was, was quoted as saying here. So the direct quote is, our ambition, which, oh, wonderful get-out-of-jail-free word. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. I'm Honestly, I'm excited to see that word <laughs> because as you and I were talking there, I was worried he'd, he'd put himself too much on the hook. And so our ambition is to create an outstanding new style of scotch using a modern approach. Mm. And so when I I first read that, I, I wondered if modern approach was even connected to the equipment, to the machinery, um, you know, maybe to a type of yeast, you know, a, a modern 
a modern barley, a modern yeast. It's I stand by what I said a moment ago, mm-hmm. where a press release is a is a bit of a cheerleading exercise, sure. where you know there's a lot of big words in there, an outstanding new style, modern approach. Mm-hmm. Then goes on to say, based on years of research, we have already undertaken. Mm and building on the remarkable heritage of the historic whiskey district of Leith. You, you know, that gets me thinking it's a port. They've already talked about where they're getting their sherry casks from. Do they have a wine producer who traditionally mm. came through the port of Leith? They're going to use their casks. Would that maybe be a marriage of on you know historical accuracy with modern production like like it's also fluid and and i use that word advisedly since we're talking about whiskey right it's also fluid in the press release it it could end up being a whole lot of things to a whole lot of people think too about the word there are some words that have been omitted it didn't say a new style of single malt scotch whiskey it said a new style of Scotch whiskey. Remember, remember when we heard the one million bottles line. Mm-hmm. It's it's one million bottles of single malt whiskey. It does annually. Okay. okay, okay. So you've got that, but at the same time, to your point though, there's the the release of the gin, which is being distilled at a site close to where this building is going yeah. on. Will gin now come internal? If they've built the brand, if they're in 14 markets with the gin, mm-hmm. you know, milk and honey still do gin. They're they're doing their single malt production, right? Maybe maybe it's the thing that you start because you can turn it around quickly, you can keep the lights on and the doors open, but perhaps it becomes part of your overall story as well. Uh, maybe it doesn't go away. My takeaway here is, first and foremost, this is exciting. A- another distillery opening in Scotland is an exciting... I'm glad you... S- okay. Go ahead. I'm glad you say that, because I felt like our extra, extra episodes, we'd, we'd gone a bit deep into the doom and gloom. and <laughs> And I think... When you're in the industry day in and day out, it's very easy to take the good parts for granted Mm -hmm. and the bad parts start to gain your attention. Again, the 25% tariffs do suck. We had a responsibility as industry people to discuss them, to put them in front of people. But it doesn't have to be that every day, right? There are other things we can talk about. And yes, that that was the exact word for me when I saw this. Well, that's exciting. We're talking about a vertical distillery on a third of an acre mm-hmm. that's launched a gin that'll be producing a single malt that has been delayed because of a lot of circumstances that we have discussed, mm-hmm. but is finally breaking ground. Should be around by 2022 when hopefully the end times themselves will have ended. And what I what I really like about this too is the jobs aspect of it. Right? Mm-hmm. They talked about 50 mm-hmm. jobs. And and that is really important to me and I'm sure important to their own community 
And and so, right, so you've got at least 50 new jobs happening. You have a new whiskey distillery popping up. It's got a cool vertical design to it. They're making what's become a very popular gin, right? This is good for the community of Leith and hopefully good for the community of whiskey drinkers and gin drinkers. Um, it, it, is, it is exciting. And while the details are a bit scance and the, the language is, like you had said, uh, you know, it's more cheerleading than anything, at the end of the day, and you know I hate that term, it's exciting stuff. And it just makes me want to keep an eye on it, see what comes from it, and just, right? I mean, just like what we've done with... You know, Clydeside Distillery. That's a distillery I'm keeping my eye on. I want to see what happens. The, the, the people at Morrison Mackay, Morrison Mackay opening up a distillery. I want to keep an eye on that. Well, we just discussed the new Douglas Lang Distillery with, with Cara Lang on the last episode of One Nation Under exactly. Whiskey. Exactly. Yep. You know, there's, you know it's, it's one of those things where Scotch whiskey has built and, and been built on tradition for so long that it's it's a little hard to see somebody say we're breaking ground and to know what that's going to look like in 200 years right, <laughs> right. and so you know they're, so they're not going to get that type of buy-in from us but we should be excited to hear new stories and new propositions and this is the thing when when this when this chap Mr Sterling is saying our ambition is for a new style of scotch. Yeah, you're getting my eyeballs, you're getting my ears, but I'm also going to hold your feet to the fire. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm going to follow up and say, did that come to pass and what's that like and what are you doing? Because the one thing we all know is without a point of difference, you have nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and we've spent so long saying... Scotland's most northerly distillery on the mainland. <laughs> Scotland's most northerly distillery on an island. Scot- Scotland's highest <laughs> distillery in the winter. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and and those clearly just don't mean anything. But but they've already been you know you know attached to the distilleries, mm-hmm. and so now you're a vertical distillery. Okay. Give us a bit more. Give us a bit more than that. Let's let's see where this goes. You know, and that that's the excitement of it. There, there's something, to, and and again, the language wasn't all there, so we don't have the best understanding as to what a vertical distillery would potentially mean. However, your mind goes toward energy efficiency, right? And the hope is, you know, may, may, maybe it's yeah. a carbon neutral distillery. How great would that be? You know, there's so many distilleries that have cut down their their energy use by using some of the some of the water from the shell and tube condensers to to work with other things. Like, there's a lot of ingenious ways yep. to cut down your overall carbon footprint. Which, yeah, I think actually raises another question, which is, I wonder what their water source will be for this. There's a reason your distilleries are often in the middle of nowhere mm. <laughs> or you know there's a reason distilleries weren't built in cities and and if you're at the port of leith yes there's a lot of water around you you ain't using any of that for your your whiskey distillation i'm gonna so. argue with you there there was at one time 22 distilleries in glasgow alone 
right? Distilleries did have homes in cities. Granted, they're all gone now, but you bring up a good point. You know, what does that mean for water? Well, and what was capacity? What What was capacity? What, you know, will they have to do what distilleries like Milk and Honey does, where they're using municipal water, but they have an in-house water treatment system where they do reverse osmosis. They add in certain minerals to the water to go with their distillation needs and so on. So it's, it's a wait and see moment. And, and right. that, and that's it. And so that, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm with you. This is exciting. Let's, let's watch the project, but see where it goes. I was also quite surprised. 12 million pounds seemed like not that much money in the grand scheme of things. You know, if what, 58 million pounds for, uh, for Brooklady, obviously there's a brand, I, right? There's a brand that goes with these sales that we I see. I would say 12 million pounds sounds like a lot of money. Think about when Annandale was built and people said, oof, 10 million pounds. And at that time, which was maybe four or five years ago now, at that time it was, holy cow, that much for a distillery? It's still a lot of money. But look at what distilleries are selling for. Look at the, the, the Brown Foreman purchase of three distilleries for ballpark $425 million, mm-hmm. right? Dollars, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? $425, $450 million for three distilleries. And this is what I'm saying. Clearly, when you buy an established distillery, you buy a brand, you buy a history, and stock. you buy a tradition. There's a lot of value added on that. So for me, 12 million, I I didn't think it was too bad. Here, listen, we tried to keep this to a tight 30, a tight 35. I want to get to something before we get out of here. It's not going to take long. (sighs) You got me nervous. No, 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 no. When we posted our last Extra Extra, season one, episode 16, about selling the cheap liquor from refilled premium brand bottles. Yes. You you posted the link to that in the One Nation Under Whiskey Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And uh, good good friend of the pod, good friend of the nation, Kyle Patrick Wardlow yes. popped popped in a little comment under that. And, and the fact that he opened with a couple of interesting and put a question mark next to interesting, he had my attention. <laughs> so a couple of interesting Iowa notes from your resident geographically dislocated Iowa boy for today's episode. And and I, I thought these were, were excellent. The surf ballroom, mm-hmm. which was the focus of the extra extra, the article we covered. Mm-hmm. The surf ballroom is where Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper had their last performance. Before the plane crash. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Kyle Kyle says that is the day before the day the music died. Wow. Oh, isn't that a Don McLean song? The day before the day the music died. Right? Is that how it goes? <laughs> it's a lesser known yeah. one. But yeah, it, it's out there. And, and then, because, you know, you can't have just one interesting Iowa note. You have to have two. Iowa is a control state with full control of distribution. So they, emphasis added, definitely had the receipts on what the place was actually selling. A minor accountability selling point 
for a system that otherwise seems to dramatically reduce the breadth of selection. There you go. So there you go. I, th- I thought those were great. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated those yeah. and, and told them on the post that we would definitely include them in the next Extra Extra. Oh, much appreciated, Kyle. And so here we are. Yeah. Yeah. So, they, so this speaks quite nicely to, if you want to get in contact with us, go to the One Nation Under Whiskey Facebook page. That's an easy search. Post a comment. Uh, we put all of our links right there. Um, also, you can email us questions at one nation under whiskey.com. Is there an Ian whiskey, Joshua? Never, never, a thousand times never. That's it. Well, thank you once again. This has been Extra Extra. It's all about whiskey. You've been the Whiskey Cherub. I've been the White Walker. Mm-hmm. And you out there have been the dear listener. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Two chins. Bye.